the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So uh, last night, the Kansas City Chiefs came back to knock off the uh, Los Angeles Raiders in Kansas City. But I got a question, all right, because we had a call on Sunday in the Tampa Bay game where a guy dumped uh, uh, Brady in the backfield for a loss, and they flagged him for uh, roughing the passer. That was a legal play. Supposedly, I guess. I don't know what's legal in football anymore. If you touch them, <laughs> you get flagged. Uh, last night, Carr of the Raiders was sacked from behind by one of the offensive linemen of the Kansas City Chiefs. He stripped the ball from him as he's taking him to the ground and lands on top of him. When I played the game, and most years that I've watched Football, that was called a tackle, all right? It was a tackle. But now they, they're, they're trying to differentiate between when you tackle a quarterback, you can't land on him with all of your weight. Now, let's think about this for a moment. A guy is fighting through a whole lot of other people trying to keep him from the quarterback, you finally get to the quarterback from behind him. You're running at full speed. You hit him, and you come down on top of him. There's really not much of a way that you can land on him without your body weight landing on the quarterback. And I, I'm just saying, if we're going to get to the point that you can't do anything to the quarterback, nothing, and I understand they're play, they're paying people Gobs and gobs of money to play this game, all right, football. But let's not stop playing football. Let's continue to play football. You you just got it. Part of the deal is that, guess what? You can get hurt if you mm-hmm. run as fast as you can and run into somebody. Mike Ditka used to say, it's not a tackle sport. It's a collision sport. You run as hard as you can and you run into the other guy. When I used to... Uh, uh, coach uh, uh, junior high kids, I used to explain to them, uh, if you don't want to play, if you don't want to get out there and tangle it up, don't play. That's when you're going to get hurt. All right, When you're trying not to get hurt, that's when you're going to really get hurt. And Because uh, I said, you know, I, I, told, I would tell the parent, I said, look, it's nearly impossible to convince a kid to run as hard as they can at another kid and run into them as hard as they can. That's very difficult to, to teach to them. And uh, some kids just, well, they just don't want to do that. 
All right. Well, I'm taking it in. Today's football is morphine and tape doesn't mean the same thing it used to. No. No. I, I, here's what I'm saying. If we're going to play football like that, and if you're driving down the road right now, your guy, you're hearing me. I know you're hearing me. If you watched that game last night and right before the halftime and you saw that play, you're going, what? What? No. What? I mean, every fan in that stadium was booing the referees. I mean, every fan. If you're the head of the NFL right now, what's his name? Is it Goodell? Is Goodell still the head? Okay. So Goodell's up there. Dude, change the rule. It's a stupid rule. Either that or let's play flag football. It is 2020, so men in tights, roughing may be something different nowadays. Well, it could be. I don't I don't deny that. Well, quarterbacks used to get sacked. That was a big deal. Well, they like... didn't only get sacked. They tear their heads off if yeah. they could. You know, I, I thought a few years back when, uh, if you remember the Saints uh, were playing and Sean Payton was the uh, head coach, and he put out bounties on players. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll pay you an extra $1,000 this game if that player can't finish the ball game on the other team. All right. Couldn't do that Dude, now. they didn't even have to pay people extra money back in the day. Well, it, it isn't today is that if they if they smash helmets too hard as they have to take you oh, out yes, of the targeting is they take you out of the game for a while because of a concussion. Well, they got the concussion thing, but if you are found, uh, uh, you get a penalty for targeting. They throw you out of the ball game now. And give you what, like a twenty-five thousand dollar fine? I, I don't know about that. I don't know what the fine is. That I know in college ball, if you're got, they get you for targeting, going helmet to helmet, or leading with the what they say the crown of the helmet. <laughs> uh, you know, you don't put your head, you get your head up. You know, so you're looking at the guy when you're tackling him. If you lower your head like a battering ram mm-hmm. and go into him, uh, then uh, they toss you out. Not only do they toss you out of the game. But you missed the first half of the next game. Wow. You don't get to be in it. Look, let me let me explain. I played I played what was called the rover. The rover was a great position. My job when I played high school ball was to be out on the defense. I played wide receiver on the offense, but when I was on the defense, my job was whoever had the ball kill him <laughs> i mean that <laughs> i'm sorry that's what that's what my job was i i flew i would flow to the ball and if i got there late i gave him a love tap to help him reach the ground maybe a little faster right. you know that type of thing i think i remember seeing a movie with burt reynolds in it that i i think that was the exact quote that he used is whoever gets the ball kill him yeah like the, the probably the longest yard was yeah, i think it was so you know the, the interesting thing about that is that uh, man we we did it we had a, a gig that we did you tried to hit the guy so hard You'd get a flash of light in front of your eyes. <laughs> and we used to say, we're playing for the lights. You know? I know I've had concussions in, in football before. I can remember one perfect example of a guy breaking through the, uh, the defensive line, a running back, and it looked like he came out of the clouds. 
and was running <laughs> towards me. And I, 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 I hit him. Uh, I slowed him down for the rest of the guys to get to him and tackle him. But I went out, and you, you remember they used to have the ammonia things, and mm-hmm. they'd snap them yeah. under your nose. And, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, Coach, how many fingers I got? Five. Yeah, that's right, and he's holding up one. He'd send you back in. What? You broke your fingers. They tape your fingers together and right. send you back in. Yeah, that, that's what I. That's what I mean. Morphine and tape is means a different thing, I guess. Today is because that's and what dirt. I, Don't I, forget dirt. I remember reading that. Yeah, it's about broken fingers, broken toes. Is tape them up, is and send them back in. Yeah, I mean dirt has medicinal qualities. <laughs> At least for my father, it did. You know, you get hurt. Playing baseball, catch a line drive on your knee, which I did a couple of times, and uh, you're down there and you're, oh man, and you go rub some dirt on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. that's psychological. Gonna, that's going to make it feel better. And God bless you if they saw one tear. Uh-huh. Right. If they saw one tear. That's when men were men, I'm telling you. I mean, Dick Butkus and Ray Nitschke and, you know, Randy White and people like that and Too Tall and all the rest of them that used to play the game. Those were when football was football. Now it's getting to be namby-pamby wussy ball. It's more about money than it is football. Yes. When a broken leg meant get up and walk it off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. They would tape. Guys would would dislocate their shoulders, and they would tape them up at halftime. They'd come back out and play. Yes. (laughs) Come on, man. I mean, they just talk about how they're dying out there. You know, we don't play the game that way anymore. Well, okay. It's not the same game. It isn't the same game. I mean, you can't clothesline anybody anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody remembers clotheslines, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Those were great if you could be the one that laid it out. Now, it's not fun if you were on the receiving end. Right. But if you were on the delivering end, it was all right. That's Hey, look, I played football just because I got to hit people. <laughs> That's why I played football. You got to get out and hit people. That was fun. Without getting in trouble. Yeah, without getting in trouble. Couldn't do it in the hallway. You did it in the hallway, you'd get two weeks suspension. <laughs> I, I do it at the mall when people don't move. It, there uh, you good go. Good shoulder check always works for uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, You might be able to do that when you're out driving at yeah, times. Single single file goes a long way. Yeah, you know, t- touch the guy on the rear bumper. Hey. You know, slide him around and out of the way. I got a question for you. Are you guys going to uh, go see Halloween ends? It opens Thursday. Oh, the new one. Yeah. I did see that. They said, don't don't ruin it. it. Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers. Jamie Lee Curtis is saying that maybe I have to die for Michael to die. Hmm. Is this another one made with Rob Zombie or is it not? No, this is Seth Green. Seth Green. Yeah, not not the Seth Green that's a dummy. No. (laughs) No. We're talking about the other Green. This guy is really good. And I can't think. The guy that did Eastbound and Down on HBO. Yeah. He were he he helps write the script. It's just funny. It's yeah, funny. Well, he's really good. <laughs> See, both of these guys love Halloween, yes. and they don't want to do anything to desecrate it. So they write it right. You know, Michael well, is a killing machine. Yes. In their in their movies, he is a killing machine. I did see in the latest trailer one little thing here before we got to take our break. And if you remember the very first movie, P.J. Souls is up in the bedroom, all right, across the street from Laurie Stroud or 
Jamie Lee Curtis, and her boyfriend goes down downstairs to find him a beer. Get me a beer. Yes. He goes downstairs, and uh, he runs into Michael in the kitchen. Michael lifts him up by his throat right. against the wall, has a 19-inch butcher knife, mm-hmm. probably 12 inches, but it looked yeah. 19, and impales <laughs> him on the guys. wall, just stabs him in the mm-hmm. chest and impales him on the wall. And then uh, I tried to get P.J. Souls when she was here a few years back at the horror convention downtown to recreate that scene with when Michael came up to the bedroom with the sheet over him and he had the kids, the other kid's glasses on. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, you're lying. <laughs> and she says, where's my beer? I said, no, you're starting line. And she goes, where's my beer? And I said, that's not the starting line. She says, Dave, I'm not doing the starting line. The starting line was she sat up in bed, let the covers drop. Mm-hmm. She was topless. And she <laughs> said, like what you see, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I had a. I had a tablecloth over my head, and I had my glasses on. <laughs> we, we both just cracked up. That, that's what I was going to say right before, is if I remembered correctly, that was one of my favorite parts in the movie. As uh, a it was child. A, that was just a great movie. Halloween was well done. It took place, of course, in Haddonville, uh, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And if you look down the street, it was filmed in Pasadena. You can see the palm trees. May I tell you, there are no palm trees <laughs> on the streets yeah. up north in Illinois. All right, got to get a break. We'll be back. We got we got more coming your way. Uh, it is four weeks from today for the election. Four weeks from today. Finally, it's almost come to the end, and we'll find out how many of the newspapers have been fudging on the numbers on all of these races. I'm telling you, they're all fudging if they're saying the Democrats are going to hold the House. They're not only fudging on the numbers, they're on they're they're taking uh, some kind of uh, LSD or something. <laughs> they're totally lost it, completely lost it. We'll talk further. Simone's there. She's sitting hey. across there. It's good to, good to see her again. You don't have to wave at the camera. It's not working. <laughs> I didn't think it, so. It broke down. It broke down. i got to get a new one. Anyway, bottom line is we'll be right back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. They'll take good care of you. You know when you go to the big jewelry store here locally and you need a repair, and they say, well, we got to ship it out. We don't do that here at the store. You know where they ship it to? Take a guess. To Eric Coleman at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Oh, hey. He's the guy who does the does the, their repairs. And uh, because he's good. He's really good. 40 years of experience. He's got the plasma torches. He's got all that stuff. So he can fix your jewelry for you. He can clean your jewelry for you. He can make it, take it, and it looks like a car wreck. He'll make it look brand new for you. 3000 Cavanaugh Suite E. He's open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. Call him, 501-246-3655. Why take your jewelry to get it fixed to the big box store that's just going to send it over to Hillcrest Designer Jewelry for Eric? Go see Eric. 
All right, Eric would love to see you. He would love to see you come in and talk to him. And if you need something done, he can do it for you. Uh, he's got great stuff on display. He does unique creations for you as well. If you got jewelry that you got passed down to you because somebody's passed on estate jewelry, he'll tell you how much it's worth. Uh, he might say, yeah, that's worth that much. You can sell it for that. Or we can work a deal for if you want to trade for some of the stuff here. Or I can melt it down and make it into something absolutely new for you. That's what Eric Coleman does. Uh, 501-246-3655 if you want to talk to him on the phone, but he'd rather you just stop by. Again, he's open 10 to 6. He's at 3000 Cavanaugh Suite E right here in Little Rock. All right, back with you, and uh, let's see. It's going to be Halloween pretty soon. Thirty yeah, first is Halloween. Uh, I'm going to see Halloween ends Thursday or Thursday night because I got. I'm going to talk about it Friday with everybody on the show. Matt Smith will be back with me. We're getting back into a rhythm again now that I've gotten back from vacation. By the way, my uh, I'm, I'm sorry to all the folks at the Women's Pulaski Republican Women. They had their big uh, chocolate fest. It was uh, fabulous. That they had. Did, did you, like, rub it all over your bodies and stuff? <laughs> it wasn't that fabulous. Okay. <laughs> but it was fabulous. <laughs> I don't think she would have allowed me to be there for that. Yeah, okay. I, I just uh, but uh, uh, John uh, Gallagher, who is our GM here, was supposed to attend for me and uh, was not, well, he was going to. In fact, he had talked to him and said, I'm coming, and turned around and he couldn't do it because Ian went through uh, Florida, uh, was it last week? Mm -hmm. That soon? It seems like it was years ago that it happened, but it wasn't. But anyway... It went. He went through, and the bottom line was that uh, he showed up, and uh, he didn't get to show up because he had to show up in Florida. He has a uh, condo in Naples, and he <laughs> he got a call, and they said you have about three foot of water in it. Oh, so he had to show up and have that taken care of. You know, so he wasn't there because of that reason. Well, they called your name, and they and they said, "Now, what did they call my name?" You know, a lot of people call me names. Okay, <laughs> why did why, for, did, why you know, did they call me names? You were getting an award for a courageous conservative. Oh, okay. Along All with right. uh, Ballinger. And oh yeah, Raper. he is. Yeah, both of so, those guys are. You would have been in good company. Nobody, nobody has tried to set my house on fire. They weren't calling your name, your boss's name. Oh, they kept John John Gallagher. Yes, is he here? Is John Gallagher? No, no. I I wasn't there because I was on vacation. I got back one hour before that that whole event was supposed to kick off. And after driving for 10 hours, I just wasn't in the mood. Uh, to go, you know, eat chocolate and drink champagne or something. It, it, well, tur- it, it turned into a Bueller moment. Is instead of Bueller, is it was John, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't even say Dave. <laughs> well, they Dave. Said, yeah, they mentioned your your name, and then they said, "Is there a John here? John? Right. So Anyone?" Did, <laughs> so did did we get a tattoo or something out of this? Ah, you just you got a, a placard award. Oh, placard. okay. Well, I have to so. go. I have to have them. 
shift that over here to the I'll let, I'll hang it up on the wall in the office with all Definitely. the other ones. Do that. I'm going to be talking to them as soon as we can set up a time. I are, do you have another meeting before We've the election? Got one Thursday. I do believe mm. it's the second Thursday of every month we have our meetings at Why don't you see if they'll uh, if they'll accommodate me to come in and speak before the election. Okay, I'll talk to T. See if they want to do it, and I'd be happy to come over and, and do I'll that. I'll explain what happened. I got, oh, well, she knows. Does uh, she, yeah, yeah, does John talked to her. And oh, told, okay, afterwards. He, he told them that he was coming, and then he uh, he called and told them, I can't make it. i got to fly to Florida. And uh, so uh, they understood that. So just something that, it's just something that happens. What can I tell you? It, yeah. it happens. I know my uncle lived in Florida for a long time, and that's what he told me if we do move there is you need to make sure that your your house is built out of concrete is and you're ready to put a new roof on every three or four years. And you have to make sure, and I think it's state law, you got to have hurricane insurance. Hmm. Here's the key. You can have flood insurance, but that doesn't mean that right. your your house will be covered when the surge comes from a hurricane. Those are two distinctly different, you know, weather-related issues. What, what hurricane was it that a lot of people found that out on? Was it that Katrina? was uh, Katrina, Katrina, and it, it wasn't at, it wasn't there in the wonderful world of of uh, uh, Louisiana. It was in Mississippi, over in Gulfport, that they wouldn't cover the flood damage from the flood surge. That's just the way that it uh, it works. And right. you would think. i got to get to some news. Then we'll come back. We'll talk further about it. All right, back with you. Pat Davis wants you to know. Want to save some money? You need to give him a call. Give him a call. Now's the time when you sign up for, uh, you know, your health insurance. First place you should call is Pat Davis. Uh, Pat Davis is going to help you save 30 to 50 percent. You'll not have any co-pays to pay. Uh, the deductibles will be reduced. You can choose any provider in the nation to do his particular way of doing health insurance. Uh, it's the perfect health plan for a self-employed person. And its actual insurance is not a share plan. Share plans work totally different than actual insurance does. Call him at 501-605-6935. He's going to help you out so you save this money. You just think for a moment. If you could save 50% of what you pay every month for your health insurance, how much would that add up to at the end of the year? Probably a significant amount. So save that money. 501-605-6935 or visit him online at Your Health Plan Man. Uh, dot com. You want to you want to do that? Do that today. Call him at that number today. I'll get Pat on before when we when we get into the really working that stuff again and have him explain how some of the insurance companies. Uh, I won't say they screw you, uh, but it's pretty close, and it's uh, you know they take advantage of you. Hmm. They'll take advantage of you. They'll tell you one thing, and really it's. Not that way at all. Not at all. Just the way it works. Kind of what they're good at. All right. So they had the big uh, they had the big debate in Ohio last night. Uh, the two uh, the two combatants right or candidates uh, showed up. Of course, that was uh, 
uh, J.D. Vance. He's the uh, author of Hillbilly Elegy, all right, and uh, U.S. Representative Tim Ryan, their first debate. They're going to have another debate before uh, it's all over. What they were in Cleveland last night, nobody cares right now in, in Cleveland. Because the uh, Guardians, they're not the Indians anymore. They are the Guardians. Uh, the um, uh, the Cleveland Guardians are in the playoffs. They're going to be, uh, let's see who they're playing. Are they playing the Yankees? I'm not sure, but uh, they're playing. They're, they're in the, the baseball playoffs. They're trying to they're trying to get to the World Series. So nobody's uh-huh. paying attention to the debate. Nobody's paying attention to this. They're not paying attention. And Vance swept the floor. That's what I heard. Yeah, he he did a good job last night. He he really did. Ryan and Vance running to replace retiring GOP Senator uh, Rob Portman. Uh, that will be determined on uh, Tuesday, November 8th, four weeks from today. Early voting begins tomorrow in Ohio. All right, begins tomorrow. Early voting here in Arkansas begins on October 24th. So you can start going to the polls and and uh, pushing the screen or pulling the lever or whatever you're going to do. Here are the, the things that dominated last night's debate. This is from the Columbus Dispatch. Uh, this is what they talked about. They talked about, number one, the number one issue that is dominating uh, the uh, uh, the whole um, election. And if this is true, then uh, the Democrats are in really bad, bad trouble. The economy yeah. and inflation. Yes. All right. If that is really what's bo- – and I think it is. I, I, yeah. Typically, dinnertime table uh, conversations are over – those type of things like well kids i'm sorry to tell you that we can't go to disneyland this year because right daddy makes a lot of money but the government is taking a lot of money and they had all these programs that they put into effect that made everything cost more so we just don't have the money to go this year and the tickets went up yeah Again, let me. I'm going to tell you a funny story. I went to Disney World the first year it opened. Oh wow! My little brother in fraternity. I was a teak, and uh, his brother was one of the computer operators at Disney World. So we had to pay to get in, but we didn't have to stand in line. But right. I have to tell you, lines back then were nothing <laughs> compared to what they they are now. Take a guess, Simone. How much did it cost back in? I think it was 1973, if I'm not mistaken. 34.95. 34.95. How much do you think it cost to get in? Come on. 45. No. Three dollars and seventy-five cents. Oh my goodness. Three dollars and seventy-five cents for all day. At Disney World. Wow. We, we went in when I was 14 and 89, and it was $150 to it's do the like, full what, package. What is it, 200 and something dollars now Probably to get in? at this point. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely And they get to, you know, they get you to take your kids there because they see it on television. And, and they want to be a princess 
Uh, most of the girls do, but now the boys can be a princess right. too. Uh, the bottom line is they they got all their woke crap going on there. I mean, the lady that heads up their division on entertainment has said that in all their movies from now on, fifty percent of their characters are going to yes. be LGBTQ. You know what? Um, look, I'll give you this: have as many characters LGBTQ as typically are in society. Right, because that's not the Which same Which is somewhere lives. between 3 and 10% is what right. they'll tell you. Not 50%. Not even close. Over-representation. I, I, I wouldn't even think that 3 to 10% is. I would think with 1%. But transgender is way down, all right? It's below 1%. Yeah. All right. But when you're looking at, you know, uh, The rest gay of the people, alphabet. No. Yeah, yeah, the rest of the <laughs> alphabet. Uh, it's about 3 to 10%. Huh. But they, they make it look like, you know, they're, they're all there. I, had, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they had been watching uh, the Hallmark Channel and tuned in a movie to, to watch it and sit back and enjoy it. And it was about two lesbians. Yes. On the Hallmark the Channel. The Hallmark Channel, wow. folks. Wow. Do they have lesbian greeting cards now? Probably. Is that, yeah. Probably. I'm sure it's Spencer's. Isn't I it? stay away from it. Well, Spencer's. <laughs> is, yeah. Yeah. is Spencer's still around? Yes. yes. Is it really? Yes. I mean, I, the, the two places glory. my kids, the two places my kids always wanted me to buy something for them at Christmas from was Spencer's and Hot <laughs> Topics. Hot Topics. You know, yeah. that's what the, they wanted. The, the punk rock store at the mall. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know? Well, you, you know, know who's you know who's really popular, Dad. Go ahead, just get me something. <laughs> well, you know they said in the next Scooby Doo movie is Thelma's coming out uh, as as gay. It's ridiculous. I, you could see that coming, though. Yeah, you could see it coming because it's she's ridiculous. the brainy one, right? right. All right, so we're gonna have we're gonna have the brainy one instead of the uh, the lipstick one, right? No lipstick's li- a good no, way to put no it. No lipstick <laughs> lesbians in Scooby-Doo. No. I'm just saying. <laughs> I won't hey, even. You, you turn into this show to hear the truth, and I'm giving you the truth right well, now. I, I won't say what it says, but the, one of the great memes that's going around, around right now is Samuel L. Jackson as the Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... It could get a lot more. They're getting wrong. ready. They're getting ready to do a live version of that, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's just. It's just weird. I'm just telling you. Light. This country has gone weird. Yeah. Very weird. It, it's like the uh, Austin weird or Portland weird. It's now it's Keep the whole Portland country. Weird. Yeah. It well, is. Was, it's all. The, of, you know, Austin used to be a great city. If you wanted to hear some really rocking blues, hmm? you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Fabulous Thunderbirds, people He's like that. He's come out for Biden now, too. You know? Who is? Vaughn. Or, or, who was it? Oh, Stevie. It's not Stevie Ray. Not Stevie Ray. Stevie's but dead. Yeah. No, who was it that I just saw, and it was a big name? No, I, it I wasn't for Biden. It was for Beto. It was Willie. Willie was... No, Willie, Willie and somebody else. That um, There was a guitar guy. No, I don't know. Uh, I know Willie Nelson just Willie, came out to, uh, Willie to Nelson. promote Beto. Did about sixteen bowls, yeah, and yeah. then stood in front of a camera and said, "Yeah, Beto, yeah. <laughs> right." I think I'm going. He was for trying him. to legalize something else that was already legal too. So, <laughs> yeah, 
there, there's a lot to be said with where our country is now. It is seriously the the the, the people who are progressive have absolutely. You've lost your freaking mind. Yep. I thought a lot of you lost your minds back in the in the sixties and the early seventies, but now you it's turn nothing. your head left or right, tilt it, and your brain just pours right out of your ear. It really does. Well, that, that was the one I was seeing last night about Portland. Is uh, there's some fellow that in the seventies and eighties he was raping, raped nine people, was and one of them was a thirteen year old young young lady. They're letting him out of prison. Oh, yeah, there was a... Letting him out, huh? Mm -hmm. Now he can pick up where he left off then, huh? He's a a good guy at this point. Oh, yeah, he's been rehabilitated. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when you put... You know what? They say, well, they were a model prisoner. Well, you know what? When you're in prison, (laughs) you better behave yourself or they'll put you in the hole. Yeah, nobody wants to be in the hole. But it was only nine nine women. Just nine? Just nine. Nine. He 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 only destroyed nine people's lives. He didn't even make ten. He didn't even yeah. make ten. No, he didn't even double-digit it. Yeah, really. All right, let's take a break. Uh, don't forget about East End Towing. They'll take care of you if you find yourself in a situation on the shoulder of the road. You need to be uh, towed. Then give a call to East End Towing. Their phone number is 501-888-8849. Private property tow. Call East End Towing. You do, What do you do with the vehicle so you make sure that it ends up where you want it to go and not to the impound yard? Call East End Towing. Uh, these are the people that you should get a hold of. What happens to that boat, truck, or camper that might be in back of your uh, your car and being towed as well? Uh, East End Towing. 501-888-8849. So here are the four big issues at the debate last night in Ohio. Economy and inflation. The Democrats are so underwater (laughs) in that particular issue that uh, they can't breathe. Yeah, look at your 401K. Differences on abortion. That is like, they thought that was going to be the number one issue when the Supreme Court came out and sent it back to the states. Uh, And it isn't. It's number five in the list. that uh, You'll read about it. The U.S. role in the Ukraine-Russia war. And then what have you done in the 20 years you've been in Congress? Hmm. <laughs> that's a good one. That, that is, a, you know, that's the problem when you run and you win office. You now have a record and you got to run or normally you have to run on that record uh, because uh, a lot of times people aren't paying attention to it. Lindsey Graham, he's gonna. I'll oh, tell you what, Lord. he's a mess. He's he gonna is. have to. I don't know what his, his thing is. Oh, he's a mess lately. I mean, not even lately, but he's he, out in the open about is, being yeah. a mess. Now look, he's not a mess. He's a hot mess. Yes. Hot mess. Let's hot say mess. it the right yeah, way. He's, he's a, a hot mess. mess. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> His wig is on fire. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't need no water. Uh, sometimes I think he wants the Republicans to lose. I do, too, because he's got a safe seat right now. Yeah, this thing that out. he came out with was abortion and right. all of that. He didn't need to do that Not right now. No, except for to look good to hit the pro-lifers. And, you know, but his seat's safe. Yeah, and he, he was, He's not up for re-election. He's a senator. Yeah, he ran He around. won a couple of years ago. 
ran around talking about if you want so-and-so to win, send money to lindsaygram.com. Yeah. You know, that was his whole spiel. Send money to lindsaygram.com. If you want the world to have water in it. I thought the, I thought, <laughs> I, I thought the good one was, what's the fellow from Louisiana that's... that's Kennedy. Oh, Kennedy. Kennedy. I love Kennedy. His, the, uh, his commercial with, uh, if, if if you need help, is called Crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. love Kennedy. Well, he's a very funny guy. Yeah. It, it, you got to find some levity in all of this crazy stuff well, somewhere along the line. Well, you can tell he's really smart, but he doesn't he doesn't use that as a cover. What do they call him? His euphemisms? Would that be? What yeah. Yes, euphemisms. Some of the stuff that he says. Oh, yeah. They're, he's and great. Analogies. He's a lot of fun to hear. And a lot of fun to uh, listen to because he's a smart guy. He's not a dumb guy. He's yeah. a smart guy. I was reading an article. Who was saying it was uh, uh, one of the former big wigs in the Republican Party uh, was saying that, you know, he really sorry to see uh, the history of uh, Ronald Reagan disappearing. You know, they're back to the whole thing again saying trickle down economics don't work. Yeah. But what they don't tell you is what they believe is, is that trickle up economics will work right right you know that's that's what they'll tell you uh, although they've gotten to the point that they, they're not either one the democrats it's that the government biden called it an h take h shaped. you take care of <laughs> we'll take care of you because don't you know as you listen to me today i want you just let your mind you know pay attention to the cars around you but just think for a moment how well the government runs programs. It's well, never been it good. Yeah, think about it. It doesn't run Think about it. Well. So you can depend on the government to take care of you. I, I think the best one you ever have to say to anyone is, there's a reason why they had the signs, don't feed the ducks. <laughs> I, I always liked what uh, Harry Brown used to say. He was a libertarian that would run for president. And he used to say, the government shows up and breaks your legs and then shows back up two weeks later with a pair of crutches to help you. That's what they do. And and you know what? That's true. Or or Reagan's, uh, we're here from the government. We're We're here here to to help help you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, What is that? The seven words you never want to hear? Right. We're here from the government. We're here to help you. Yeah, you don't like that. Uh, We talked about this yesterday that, uh, look, the other thing that Reagan said was that a federal program was the nearest thing to eternity that you will ever yeah. see. And it's and that's true as well. Yeah. Look, there's, there's government programs that have never worked, never. Amtrak, perfect example, <laughs> doesn't work. And it's still here. Post office. I mean, you know? the postal system. Uh, well, that's by. Now, see, here's the thing about the postal It's by the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we got to figure out how to fix it. All right. We got to figure out how to fix it. The, the big issue is, is once the money is involved in it, is there's no way that you're ever getting rid of that program because there's no way they're going to allow that money to go away. Oh it's no, absolutely. Not. They're just going to continue to raise the amount that it costs you to send a letter. Letter. I just said that. 
There's people who are 25 years and younger who are going, what's a letter? <laughs> you don't send a letter. It's, it's they, one of those things that you throw in the garbage as soon as it yeah, comes through the door. Really, Check I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's just really, really crazy. Yeah, that's, that's it's in that box at the end of your driveway right. if you have a house. It's called the mail box. Yes, I like the email box. Now. Yeah, I like that better. I mean, been using that for a long time now yeah. and doing my thing. All right, so uh, what are you guys uh, planning on doing for Halloween? I, I was talking well, to you. You guys seem to be kind of Halloween kind of people. We've got a party, and a friend of ours is having a cocktail Halloween party. Okay. So that should be fun. I'm trying to decide. Are you dressing up? Well, of course. It's a hot costume party. Okay. So, so what are you what are you dressing up as? Uh, probably myself in some form. <laughs> <laughs> but Val- Valkyrie. Are you, going, are you going as a truck driver? Uh, I've got an orange jumpsuit. <laughs> so close. You know, if you want to be a truck driver, all you got to do is roll a pack of cigarettes in your T-shirt. Well, is it, wouldn't that be a greaser, or, or is that a truck driver? That's a truck driver. <laughs> That's that, the truck drivers I used to know. I, I thought that, well, the new truck drivers are about 400 pounds. Is oh, that okay. They wear slides. Are you saying, they wear slides, and then they vape. Okay, so you're telling me that you uh, you need a fat suit? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes. You need to look like Tom Hanks in the new Elvis movie? Yeah, it, it's, the, <laughs> <laughs> it's sometimes the reason that, the, that, that you're overweight is because you're in the vehicle. Now, did, have you guys seen that movie, Elvis, the new one? No. I, would, I, I heard it was horrible. It I, you know, look, I give you credit, all right? You told the story pretty much the way it was. The guy looked very but feminine. But the guy, the guy who played Elvis... Ladies, would you go out on a date with that guy? Right. I, 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 I think the men don't think would. You would. Yeah, maybe certain men would. Yeah. Guys, oh, by the way, in the military now, if you're a man identifying as a woman, you can go into the military. But if you're a woman identifying as a man, hmm, nope, sorry. Can't get in special forces doing that. Discrimination, I say. Discrimination. discrimination. (laughs) Story of life. All right, Bible guys are next. Simone, thank you for bringing your husband. You let him out of his cage today. We appreciate it. We always like having him here in the studio. What was your favorite punk group again? Uh, I would have to say it was probably Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers. Okay, there you go. What was yours, Simone? I've got a bunch. I've got a bunch. No, come on. Pick one. Oh, Social D, Misfits, 45 Grave. Misfits, Michael Graves, Misfits, what's his name? Um, Back in Danzig days. Okay, the Danzig days. All right. Yeah. I'll get get Michael to stop by sometime. Minor threat. And we can do the show. All three of us can do the show. Have a good time. Yeah. I'll make him dress up like the skeleton. I I got to see him in... uh, Uh, 90s it was. We gotta go. Michael Graves. Gotta go. Bible guys are next. Heidi on the spot here. She's looking to see what it is. 
Who is it again? Oh, okay. Never heard of her. Sounds kind of mm-hmm. like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Carrie Underwood, doesn't it? Does. Does. Yeah. Like got kind of that sound to her. <coughs> Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> like that song. Really do like that song. How are you guys doing? It's been a few weeks since we've seen like each month, other. I think. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was only gone two weeks. Yeah. All right. I was in Washington, D.C. one week. I was up there for the hold their feet to the fire. Did you, uh, How'd that go? Take a bath after well, you left there? No, always. <laughs> I take a bath before I go and after <laughs> I go. You know, because it, it's really amazing what people up there are like when you sit. Yeah, I, I sit. I, I eat. I stay at the Phoenix. That's where my motel is. It's uh, right about a block and a half away from Union Station and about two blocks away from the Capitol. Right. Uh, and that's the front of the Capitol. When you look at the Capitol from the the, the mall, all right, you're looking at the back mm-hmm. of the Capitol, not right. the front of the Capitol. So uh, I'm in the front of the Capitol, about a couple blocks away. And... Uh, you know, you, you go there, and I'm I'm sitting in the Dubliner, which is their restaurant. It's an Irish restaurant. Opened up in 1982, something like that. Maybe a little earlier, because that's where President Reagan and Tip O'Neill would meet in the evenings hmm. uh, when they were shut down and hammer out a lot of the deals that were going down in, in D.C., and uh, do their do the thing as far as that goes, but uh, you sit there and you're having lunch or dinner or whatever, and you can't help you. You're so close with everybody else that's in there that you're going to hear right. the conversations right. at right. other tables. They're crazy, <laughs> right? <clears throat> I'm just they're crazy. Right in in DC, I'll say it isn't so. Yeah, surely they, there's nothing weird going on. No, in DC. they are nuts, man. They really are crazy. I saw a news story that made me think of you, Billy, last night. All right, what you got? And they were talking to a lady, and they were talking about polling, and she said that if you're not doing your polling using AI. You don't know what's going on. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's the um, so artificial intelligence allows us to accomplish things um, in much narrower time scales than um, we could do in, through other methodologies. So, yeah, the the could you get the information? Yes, but what might take AI, you know, an hour to accomplish might take pollsters a week or two or three to accomplish so yeah um but they also that's excuse me but don't they it's one of the accusations against all of that though is how they manipulate the data because they can kind of set the algorithm to make it look like it's going to say something that the that the actual that's numbers one really that was one of the questions yeah, all right where i was headed next because Sorry. metadata is used not just to figure Correct. out what people want but figuring out how to convince you of what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've all, probably at this point, we've all experienced the, the situation where we've had a conversation with someone, right? Uh, and and we, we haven't Google searched something, but we're having a conversation about some specific product, and then all of a sudden it starts showing up in your recommendations, and we're all like, oh, the phone's listening. It's actually much more sinister than that. 
the reality is you were having the conversation because the AI has been gently pushing you that direction all along. It, it's not that the AI was listening. It's that the AI was influencing your decisions to begin with. That's what's really going on. Uh, and that's much more sinister because if they can convince you that you want to buy a product without you even being aware that they're influencing you, then how much more so when it comes to voting or mm-hmm. start filling in the blanks, um, what is socially acceptable, et cetera, et cetera. So, yes, it's, it's a, a dangerous, when it comes to the mental landscape out there right now, it's a very dangerous world we're living in, unfortunately. One of the best scenes in any movie I've ever seen dealing with AI that got my attention was Minority Report. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of it, and I forget whether he's in a subway station or in a mall or couldn't be a mall. They would have known that malls were going to go to boy the dodo bird. But anyway, they're walking and all of the signs there are like micro flashing people and it immediately identifies who you are yeah. and it's sending a message to you that they know <clears throat> you want to know about. Right. Or they right. want you to know about because they think that you can probably you'll probably buy it. There's a there's a reason that Amazon and Google um, both became so wealthy um, because at some point Google realized um, that providing a search engine was not where they were going to make their money. What they determined was monitoring what it is you were searching for and correlating that data to then sell to advertisers was how they would make their money. Um, and there was much, much I wonder more who money. did that first. I wonder what guy <clears throat> that was in their, uh, you know, out there in the in his cubicle, went and knocked on the door of his boss. Got an idea. <laughs> hey, I got an idea, man. Yeah. So the and he changed everything. Yeah, the the it, there's it's actually fairly well documented. Um, they were they were looking at their expense reports and looking at how they could generate some extra revenue because there's no rep. I mean, they didn't charge you to, to do. Google searches. So they had to start generating some revenue. And what they discovered was, hey, let's try selling some of this data. And there was an immediate appetite for it. And they were like, yeah, of oh, course there would be. Is, this is far more valuable than what we were doing over here in these other realms. So, um, and that is, I mean, you know, Amazon, we think about the fact that Amazon is the place that we buy stuff and don't realize that, you no, know, Amazon is also collecting all of that data. Amazon, you know, I get, I get alerts on my phone every once in a while from Amazon going, hey, you seem to order this about every month or so. And it's been 31 days since you ordered it last. Do you want to order it again? And, and of course, a lot of times I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to do that. And then you stop and think and go, but why do you know that about me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> why in the world do you know that about I me? I don't order anything from them. If I can avoid it, I don't. From Amazon? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. I, um, I spend a lot of my time. I, I have waited two weeks because today is Black Friday 2.0 at Amazon. All yeah, right, today yeah, they were going to do another Prime Day today. Yeah, yeah, Prime Day today and tomorrow. And I am buying for my wife and I one of those water rowing machines. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I'm getting. All right, for us, and that's our Christmas present. And I'm wanting to see how much I can save mm-hmm. by buying it today or tomorrow. I got the money set aside. I I knew I was going to buy it, so this is going to be interesting to see how it's going to happen. But this is all part of your life now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's all part of your life, and it's all important to you because can I say that there are people out there with nefarious reasons uh, that their reasoning is not for your 
general benefit. Well, that's why I don't. Any of those kind of things that I can see, I know it's little and it has no significance, but it's just my way of protesting. Their does does that control. mean that when you go to Walmart, you buy everything with cash? I do everything. No. But anything that I can do that I can guess what? It, right? Guess what? It they doesn't, it doesn't know, matter. Right. Yeah, it really doesn't. They already know. Um, um, Visa, MasterCard, I think American Express, I don't think Discover, but every one of them, um, while when you look at the, your credit card receipt, it just says location and how much you spent, they actually... Oh, no, I'm not talking about the control. I'm just <clears> talking because of the sheer size. And, and what they're doing with all of the information. I'm not talking just because they the, collect my data. I mean, everybody the collects point my being, data. The point there being right. that everyone's collecting your data. Yeah. So, yeah. All uh, of it. Okay, now is it data or data? I just heard you say it, data. I heard you say it, data. It depends. And it, they're both are tomato, correct. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, both are correct, and, and it just depends on what you grew up hearing. So, All right, so let's talk about eschatology. Eschatology. This, that's, everybody's favorite that subject. is the... $50 word for saying right. what's going what's to happen It's actually in the part of what I'm going to be talking about this weekend in service. Okay, good. In, in context, in, uh, within the fall feasts. Because we've had this discussion, and what seems to come out of the discussion when we have it is uh, that, you know what, a lot of the stuff that's being talked about don't mean a hill of beans. Mm-hmm. Don't mean a hill of beans. And should we be spending all of our time trying to figure out when Christ is going to come back when Christ himself don't know when he's going to come back? Well, he does now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> as far, you know, as far as that's concerned. Right. So I, I find that really, really uh, interesting. And I sent you both an article that mm-hmm. I read that I found very interesting. And it was a guy, a teacher, and, and by the way, He's into Hebraic Christianity. And he said, number one, a lot of Christians have it wrong because they're looking at it from a totally mm-hmm. wrong viewpoint. Yeah. And number two, uh, the Hebrews don't know what was going on because they look at it in a, in a totally different mm-hmm. way. You, He said, and I'm, I want to hear what you guys think, and we're going to take a break here before I get your answer so I can let you argue a little bit during the break and that is bottom line you shouldn't be worrying about it you don't need to be, there is there is no discernible timeline that you can depend on so we'll talk about that when we come back talking about things to come here on the dave ellswick show bible guys are here you got a question 501-823-0965, 501-823-0965, or send them a, a quick uh, email, and you can do that at, uh, you know, BibleGuys at SalemLR.com. All right, ICU Protection, want you to think about them for a moment. Uh, Billy Mack is the owner. I have ICU Protection, have now for several months. I really like them. I think they do a fantastic job. I've got doors and windows taken care of. All right, can't come in through the door or through the window without me knowing about it. And if I'm gone and I've armed the system, probably everybody in that part of the neighborhood is going to know that you're not supposed to be there. And so is the police. Also, I've got uh, cameras 
I've got several cameras. I tell you that I have one that watches my driveway, of course. I have another, I have another one after that, uh, that's on my uh, doorbell that you can, uh, you know, watch uh, what's going on in, on the front porch. And, and it's, I'm going to think that it's about maybe 120 degrees, so it's covers quite a bit of my front yard so it's really really good as well uh they got the motion detectors and the big thing analytics used to be you you blow blow on one of those sensors and it say somebody's there that's not what it does anymore uh you get you get a, a movement or something that it picks up it analyzes what it is it can tell you whether it's a person a car, an animal, or even just some leaves uh, because of a, 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 a burst of uh, wind. So if you're looking for a security system that does it and does it right, it is ICU protection. Uh, 501-205-1333 is their number. You call that number, they'll get you all set up. 501-205-1333. And remember, with ICU, you don't have to pay for the hardware. Hardware comes to you free all you pay for is the service. 501-205-1333. That's ICU protection. Now you can tell me that you can I tell me it. the answer to that after the show. Hey. How's that? <clears throat> All right. So I just put this to you guys. Should we be spending our time, as a lot of believers do, uh, and I'm talking about real Jesus followers yep, here. Yep. All right, trying to figure out when he's coming back. I mean, I look at it this way. He said, I'll come like a thief in the night. Mm-hmm. All right? So, in other words, most people ain't going to know when he's coming back, no matter what. So, I just try to live my life the way I want to, you know, the Bible tells me to live it, and uh, know that uh, Christ is coming back, and I should be ready for whenever that return might be. Yeah. The, the writer of this article said, <clears throat> if, you're do, if you're trying to figure it all out, mistake, because you can't. You can't confuse. There's no timeline. Uh, yes and no. There's, yeah. So there's, as we always say in here, there's always two good Hebrew answers to that, and they're both correct. There you go. <clears throat> so if you're trying to figure out the day and the hour, that is an error. If you're trying to lay out exactly, and as we say, um, foretell what's coming, that's an error. Yeah. Um, but to have a general idea of what things are going to play out, I think is wise. Yep. Because that way you are ready, because Jesus said several times, do not be deceived. And if yeah. you don't study it and you're not aware of the possibilities, then you're going to become deceived. But again, trying to say this is what's coming and that's what's going to happen and this is going to happen in the seventh year and the fourth year and the fifth year and all these other different things, that I think um, is irresponsible uh, and has caused a lot of people to make a lot of errors. All right. So explain to me. Because I've heard, I've watched enough horror movies that I figured this out, okay? And and that is the, the red heifer thing, mm-hmm. all right? I heard about this maybe 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that they reference it in The Omen, if I'm not mistaken. It, there uh, there were that. a couple of candidates. Uh, I actually think it's been a little longer than that. I think that was in around In the 90s, there were a bunch yeah. of people. That late, were, late 90s, early mm-hmm. 2000s. Uh, but those, um, there were two there were two at that point, which were potential candidates, but unfortunately, before they reached the the two year mark, uh, they were both disqualified. So, yeah, because uh, you can't find one hair, no more than two, 
No more oh, than, no two, more than hairs. two hairs that aren't red. And no right. blemish of any sort. So if that thing falls and scrapes its knee and that it doesn't heal correctly, if it leaves a scar, it's disqualified. Mm-hmm. Um, if it... Um, you know, if it grows in such a way that one leg is slightly longer than the other one, disqualified. It has to be perfect, uh, and it ha- and its coloring has to be perfect. So, um, there have been uh, up to this point, and and the the three that were delivered to Israel. I guess it's been there, there were five, five delivered, to five Israel. delivered to Israel that were delivered uh, two or three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, whatever it was. Um, they're only the oldest one of those is only well, I guess it's nine months old at this point. Um, so even they are not have not reached. Um, the age at which they can actually be sacrificed, but um, you can you can bet that if there's any place in Israel that is super secure right now, wherever those animals are yeah. at, it is super secure well, right now. So. And, and why is pe- why are people? <clears throat> yeah, why are they fixated on the red because heifers? Because the in order for the scenario that they have developed as an end time scenario, a temple has to exist, right? And and so in order for a temple to exist, they have to have a red heifer in order to cleanse the temple and cleanse the priests that are going to be operating in that said temple. Right. So that's why there's always been a focus on the red heifer, because those ashes uh, were lost when the temple was destroyed. And so there were, according to the rabbis, there were nine that were sacrificed from the time of Moses and Aaron when the first temple or the tabernacle was first created. And then when they would run out of those ashes, they would sacrifice another one and then mix those together. <clears throat> so this, what this is telling people is the scenario that they have developed that they believe is going to happen is on the verge of possibly happening. Right. So right. now they will have the ashes necessary to dedicate any future temple. And that temple is needed for the Antichrist to be able to come into. They have to cleanse the priests as well. The priest and the temple. Right. So they need that temple in order for the Antichrist to come sit in that temple. So that's why there's such a focus on that. And And they have to have the temple to be able to sacrifice again, correct? Correct. And there's a there's a verse in the in the book of Thessalonians, uh, second chat or second book, I believe, where it says that the Antichrist will sit in the temple of God as God. Yeah. So, um, and so there's going to be an aspect of that that is going to come because it does say that Jesus said when he comes back that he will be destroyed with the brightness of his coming. So um, we know that that individual will exist based on that that text and and he will be alive and be destroyed alive when jesus returns in the air so that one is kind of clear but to go when who knows but that's what i'm saying that this guy said you can't lay out a timeline you can't but and i'll say two things one is daniel says that god was told or the angel told daniel um that to shut the book up, it's not for you. It's for the time of the end. So you cannot right. know it. Right. However, when you get to that time period, whenever that is, it will become relevant. It yeah. will become knowable. <clears throat> and Jesus criticized the Pharisees and Sadducees because he said, you go and you look at the weather and you can tell whether or not it's going to be hot or whether or not it's going to rain. He said, how is it that you cannot discern what is standing before you? So there is going to come a time, and when people go, well, Jesus said no man knows the day or the hour, then they therefore shut down all study of eschatology, and that's not, that's not logical either. Right. So, well, I agree with that. Right. So you should study it and and have a general idea but when it begins to transpire there will not be a debate about it any yeah. longer it will I, be undeniable I, I have a i have an example that i use <clears throat> and that is um if you are here in little rock and you decide to drive to st louis 
when you get on the interstate out here, there's only one sign. It says St. Louis that way. And you don't see another sign for St. Louis for hundreds of miles. But as you start getting really close to St. Louis, you start seeing more and more markers and more and more going, hey, until you get there and it's like, hey, you're in St. Louis. And by the way, here are the, the next 15 stops. And, and eschatology is very much that way. As we drive towards it, it'll become clearer and clearer. All right. We'll come back. We're going to talk more about it. But Bill O'Reilly is up next. Back with you here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Bible guys are here. Billy's here. Steve will be back with us in a moment. He had to step out of the room for just a moment. He'll be back with us. I just I found this article, and I, I thought it was interesting, and it, said, and it was saying many people spend way too much time yep. on what's going to happen in the future instead of what's going on right, right. now yep. and how you're dealing with it in your own life. I, I tell people I all the time. I, I think I buy that. Yeah. I tell people all the time, do not try to build your theology on your eschatology because it is a shaky foundation. It's one of those things um, It's one of those things where I, I know for a fact I'm wrong about some number of things. I mean, I just I know that. I know that to be true. Do, do I believe everything that I believe? Absolutely. But one of the things, and, and I, it's one of those conversation steve and i had way back in the day uh, everything i believe i believe deeply and sincerely uh-huh. but one of my beliefs is that some number of my beliefs are still wrong otherwise i'd be perfect and i'm not perfect yet so <laughs> so i uh i i consider myself yeah you're not on there you, there go. you go i i, I consider myself pretty well yeah I, I consider myself pretty well versed in eschatology i mean i've only been studying it since i was you know like nine years old. So it, it captured my attention when I was very, very young. But I also understand um, that until we get close, uh, you know, in, in the until I get near St. Louis, I'm not going to know mm-hmm. just how far away from St. Louis I am, right? Until I start seeing the road signs that say, hey. Now, I will, will tell you, for those who go, you cannot know the day or the hour, there are some pretty specific numbers, like numbers of days, mentioned very specifically in the book of Revelation. And you have to understand, we read that verse in, in English. It says, no man knows the day or the hour. We go, well, no man knows the day or the hour. But understand that was not originally recorded in English. It was originally recorded in Greek. And as I understand it from a Greek professor, he told me that that is in a present universal tense, meaning no man alive anywhere in the universe on the day that Messiah said that knew when Messiah was coming back. Do I think Messiah is sitting on the throne in heaven going, well, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen soon? No, I do not believe that at all. Um, I also believe that when Scripture says, hey, those who are living through that will will understand what's going on, that what it means is those who are living through that are going to understand what's going on. Uh, when, when Messiah said, yeah, I'm going to come like a thief, but the strong man is watching and therefore is not surprised by the thief. What I think that means is if you're watching, you're not going to be surprised. So, um, but again, if you're, if you're spending your entire life out trying to figure out the timing of the end time, why aren't you out trying to save souls instead? Right. If you're concerned that the end time could happen any old time now, why aren't you out screaming it from the mountaintops, come to Christ or perish? Because that is the option. I'll get off my soapbox for just a second. Yeah, but say. that's very, very true. Yeah, it is. And we don't spend enough time <clears throat> talking to our friends and our neighbors about it. Yeah. Because we're afraid they'll reject us for what we're asking. It, and yeah. that goes for me just as much as it does for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, and that's the I mean that's really the the key thing. Um 
because so much of the way that the church has approached prophetic things and without understanding things in a Hebraic context, without understanding the Sabbath, without understanding the feast, you're missing a significant part that helps interpret that. And I think that <clears throat> within the next, what is this, 2022, yep. within the next 10 to 15 years, if the Lord does not return and or something really, really bad, really, really significant happens to Israel, or in this case, since Russia is a big part of that, if Russia is not going to be – Potentially. Right, potentially. If Russia is potentially part of the end-time scenarios that have been created, then – Sometime within the next 10 to 15 years, virtually every single prophecy book ever written will have to be burned. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's how wrong some of it could be. Yep. If, almost if, everyone, almost everyone out there writing books uh, will tell you that Gog of Magog <clears throat> is uh, just north of the Black Sea, which puts it squarely in Russia right now. But Russia is being held off right. by... A country that was expected to fall in Months. two days. Yeah. Uh, Putin originally said two days is what it will take. We're now approaching nine months. Right. I think we're coming up on the, the nine-month anniversary of that at this point. Um, yeah. How's he going to march another thousand miles into one of the most highly protected countries in the world? I'm sorry. I just don't now, say Unless something radical changes. Right. Now, let me say this. I my personal belief is that we are in those times and things that are starting to make sense. For example, right. we start back with there, there was all of the eschatological views prior to 1948 had nothing to do with Israel. And then they're all, all of a sudden they're like, right, hey, right. these guys came back. Well, why is God allowing these guys to come back to the land unless he's got something to do with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, they got Jerusalem in 1967. And so little by little, they've been getting more and more land and becoming more and more significant on the world stage. <clears throat> and those are, those are all actually prophesied. You know, a lot of people, I mean, even Jesus himself said Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot until the times of the Gentiles have run its course. So that is something that we could look at and go, oh. They really were supposed to come back to the land, and they are back to the land. Oh, they were supposed to get Jerusalem back, and they did get Jerusalem back. So we look at those things, and, and I think that those are part of the things that, you know, that part of the blinders and part of that understanding. But to project that, um, I mean, there were guys, and I th- actually I think uh, Sir Isaac Newton was one of them that said Israel will be back to the land one day. Yeah. Um, when or how, they, they didn't do that. And that, that's something that – and so we can say, back to the original question about the red heifer, but our current understanding is it does, since the anti-Messiah will sit in the temple and declare himself to be God, and because it does say he, he will be destroyed with the brightness of Jesus coming, it appears from our current understanding that there will be a rebuilt temple, uh, that this individual and however that plays out, will make himself to be the god of the world at that time all right now with as secular as the jewish state is today yep, yep. because it is very mm-hmm. secular uh let's say these uh, heifers make it to what two years old mm-hmm. yep and they want to build a new temple it, do you think there's an appetite for the money that's going to be necessary to build a new temple the um so the interesting thing is there is an uh, there's a a organization in Israel called the Temple Institute, um, and they started I don't know decade and a half two decades ago yeah, maybe a little longer than yeah. that um, they started rebuilding everything 
<clears throat> they actually have everything right. except the temple itself. Right. No, so they're and building everything that's inside the <clears throat> temple, the laser they and all correct. of that. Okay, they have it already. Mm-hmm. They, okay. they already have it. And not only that, they already have cut the block that would be required. So the stone is cut and sitting there waiting. Um, and they've said that in as little as a week, they could have a building stood up. But given permission today, by next week, you could have a temple. Really, um, they are that aggressive um, now. Whether or I don't not know they can actually the temple get that or the done. altar, one of but it's it may be the altar, um, but I can't remember. But yes, they are that prepared. Yeah, and now everything's I, just sitting there waiting. What is it going to take to get Israel as a nation on board? I think that one of the things you have to go back and look at is the return from Babylon. Okay, be, because when they came back from Babylon, it was really they went back to build and go back to the land. <clears throat> but they really didn't have a spiritual revival until it says in um, in Nehemiah that when they when they got the Torah and started to read the Torah, that, that then people cried out to God. So I think what you see in Israel today is a secular movement primarily. Yeah. yeah. But there will become followed up just like then the spiritual revival. Yeah. Now, if left unto itself, Israel will not be a secular nation within another fifty years because of birth rates. The conservative and orthodox families, the religious Jews today, are birthing like six to eight kids per family. And the, the secular Israelis are birthing one or less. And yep. so they, they will – They've got like a liberal, liberal Judaism yeah. in the nation of Israel itself will go away within a generation because they're going to get birthed out by the conservative religious Jews. Wow. No, I hadn't heard that. That's well, interesting. We see that we see it here in the U.S. too, right? Um, con, uh, liberal liberal families are having zero or one children, uh, whereas extremely conservative families, regardless of when I say when I say conservative, what I really mean here is traditional, yeah. uh, because that's true not only for conservative Christians, but that's also true for the Muslim communities. It's also true for the Orthodox communities here. Um, you know. It, Five is kind of a, a, a target number that is used, but some of those families, particularly among the uh, Orthodox Muslims, could have as many as ten kids. And it's like, look, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where eventually, it's one of the, one of those things I joked with my wife about is you don't have to worry about the homosexuals. They eventually die off. Right. You know, they, they're, it's not like they're having kids, right? So now, in some cases, they're adopting and, and they're doing fertility sorts of things, but they're eventually going to die off. Go figure their lifestyle is not conducive to reproduction. So, just, just, just in the thought right now, and if I spent more time thinking about it, I can name three families in between those three families. They have 20 kids. Oh, yeah. One, um, one family has nine. The other one has seven. In the I mean, I think we could three. do that within our own wow. congregation. Yeah. I mean, I think we could probably come right. up with, with three families yep. that yeah, accomplish so that I'm, within I'm our talking, congregation. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm talking just affiliated with, <laughs> yeah. with us. Yeah. So they're still using the command in Genesis. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, I jokingly say we got to get these guys a TV because I don't know what, you know. Because they obviously <laughs> have no entertainment <laughs> yeah, around. The, 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 well, there was a meme I saw a while ago. It said, it said, um, it said I often wondered what my parents did when they were kids. Or when they were young, and then I asked my twenty six brothers and sisters if they knew, and they couldn't figure it out either. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's one of those things. So my wife and I have three children, but the only reason we stopped at three was because my wife had to have a hysterectomy after our third child. And and baby, I apologize if you're listening this morning that I'm sharing information you may not have wanted to have shared. But um, we would we would never have stopped at three um, had we not had a medical reason that we had to stop at three. So you know, it's just one of those things. Conservative families, people who have traditional mm-hmm. family 
values want families, right? So, all right. We got more to talk about. We got one more segment. Stick around. The Bible guys are here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you. Final segment of a uh, Tuesday show. And uh, at 7 o'clock hour Tuesday show, it's always the Bible guys. And hopefully next week, Scott will be back with us. He couldn't be here today. Uh, and I was looking forward to it because, you know, just getting back from vacation in Washington. Hadn't seen these guys in like three weeks. Mm, been a hot minute. And that's a long time. Nah, I'm good. That's, yeah. <laughs> no, we, we spent a lot of time together last week. Yeah, yeah we've, we've been very... What's, what, what, what are you guys all planning on right now? Uh, well, so this weekend we've got a big event um, it, for the, the whole weekend at the church. So yep. the, 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 it's going to culminate in the big event on Sunday. So we're celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. We are in the week of the Feast of Tabernacles right now. And if you want to understand some prophetic stuff, well, maybe you should come to the Saturday service at 1 o'clock this week because you might learn some things about how prophecy and the fall feast really go yeah, uh, hand, hand in hand. hand. They really do. I I, I love the fall feast. I, I, I appreciate the spring feasts, but I also understand that the spring feasts are already fulfilled, yep. and therefore they don't have quite the same draw for me as the fall feast. And besides that, I mean, I was, I'm was i I'm an October baby, so I love the fall no, anyway. No, you're year-round baby. I'm not. Yeah, well, that's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not a pumpkin spice latte Uh-oh, sort of fall <laughs> person, but I love the fall. This this time when we've, we're starting to come out of summer, days are getting shorter, um, you know, all of my favorite things seem to yeah. happen in the fall: football, deer hunting, deer hunting, et cetera, et cetera. So, but so yeah, we're having you know um, the big event is going to be on sa- uh, Sunday. It's going to be all day. Where it's going to be traditional church, it'll kind of look like um, like a fall festival kind of thing. So there's going to be a big celebration in the parking lot. But we're going to have a sukkah out there, and we might even explain, have a manger scene. Explain what the sukkah okay, is. Okay, tabernacles that may be familiar to others. Okay. So we believe that Jesus was born during this season. Um, I don't have time to lay it all out, but if you go into the book of Luke uh, and read chapter 1 and then look at the reference that it has there to send you back to First Chronicles 24, you can actually lay out the timetable. And I'd say we're probably 95% certain that Jesus was born during this during this week yeah. because Luke plays on the term tabernacles. It says that the word became flesh and dwelt amongst men, and that word for dwelt there is tent tabernacles, sukkah. So he became flesh and dwelt among his people, and that's what the whole purpose of this feast is about, is the dwelling of God. It's when the first temple was dedicated, it's when the second temple was dedicated, and the temple is the indwelling of the presence of the Lord. So it would make sense that when the word came and dwelt or tabernacled amongst its people, it would have been amongst his people, would have been during this season. The first day uh, was probably when he was born. And on the eighth day, the last day, which is the last great day, is called Simchat Torah, which means the joy of the word. So the word was probably circumcised on the day that all of Israel was celebrating the joy of the word. Right. So it fits And there's, much. there's a bit of an anomaly there in that it is a seven-day feast that lasts eight days. <laughs> right. And and the, the question becomes why. Well, you know, circumcision happened on the eighth day. So if he arrived in the world on the first day, he would have been circumcised on that eighth day, um, which would help explain a whole lot about why the the weird timing with this particular holiday. So uh, it's a it's a it's a beautiful analogy. It's a, it's scripture, and we understand that scripture tells us that all the feasts, <clears throat> all the moedim, were 
created as signs for us. They were supposed to be pointing towards something. Well, what are they supposed to be pointing to? All of them point to the Messiah. Every one of them points to the Messiah. So if the fall feasts point to the Messiah, then it is a, a, an awesome thing to look at the picture that is painted by the fall feast. And it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful sort of thing. So, yeah, we're looking forward. We're camping starting Friday, Friday night. Um, we'll, be, we'll be on campus Friday night, Dropped Saturday off my night. my camper last night. Yeah. Um, and then the big celebration on Sunday. What time are we doing that? We're doing it during normal service time, 10 a.m.? What are we doing? What? The big celebration on Sunday. Oh, yeah. It'll start off with their morning the, the um, morning service at 10 a.m., and then it's going to roll out into the parking lot after that. It just It's basically a time of worship and celebration. Scott said the message will be fairly short because he just wants to focus on the time of the worship. Uh, so that's going to be the key. And we're doing something um, – our normal service will be at one o'clock in the afternoon, but we'll be out in the parking lot just fellowship on Saturday. On Saturday, on Saturday, yes, on yes. Saturday. Yeah, thank okay, you. Okay, so you're talking about the whole weekend, Jim. correct? Yes, over the agape. Yep. Yes, where is it? Seven hundred one Napa Valley Drive. All right. Did we get uh, Did we get Go permission to to have fire yet? Still I I will call the guy that handles that to see if we're going to see if we can have fire in the parking lot since basically the whole state's about to go up in blazes. It's so yeah. dry. It's supposed to rain tomorrow. Yeah, I, I've been praying for It'd rain. Be nice. Been praying for but, yeah, I mean, that's what we're – the whole point is the commandment is to live out in booths, right, and to live in a temporary dwelling. And some believe that that was what Jesus was in when they said there was no room for him in the inn and they sent him in the back, that it wasn't necessarily a manger, but it might have been that man's sukkah yeah. possibility. But I'd, I'd say that's a little vague. It, I think that the word would have been more clear. Everybody who recorded that of the gospel writers, they would have known what that meant, and they would have used right. a more clear right. word. So that's why I don't really buy that. But it's okay. a possible, it's a possible Although interpretation. Although in the translation to the Greek, that would have been a little more difficult. But, it, yeah, they, they, they could have certainly used some words that would have been uh, more definitive. But yeah. then again, the Holy Spirit leading, um, you just – Sometimes the, the Holy Spirit does things intentionally to conceal so that until you have that moment of revelation, you go, oh, right. now I see that. So, yeah. But yeah, this whole season and this whole thing, this this whole, what is it, uh, 10 and 7, 8, was it uh, 18 days of this whole yes. period of time? 10 plus 8, yes. Is if you go back and look at what happened in the first century, there was hundreds, hundreds of trumpet blasts yes. during the season. And when you look at... No man nor the day and the hour, and you see in the book of Revelation, you see that when all the trumpets sound, right, and in yep. Corinthians, uh, Thessalonians, when it talks about his return and how there's going to be all these trumpet blasts, it kind of fits with the season. Yeah. And so it's you know, and when he says you'll know the season, but not the day or the hour, that season is likely the word for the moed, which is the feast times. Right. So I think, and that word, when you look at the word for the moed, the moedim is what it means in plurality, is feasts, um, then that root word has an indication of rehearsals, like yeah. these things yeah. are practices for something. And it makes sense when you see that when Jesus came the first time, the spring feast practiced for his first coming and if you happen to come by Saturday at 1, you'll find out how they are rehearsals for his second coming. All right. Sounds like something that people should They uh, have to. If you want to understand end around. times, you cannot just grab what they, what they have taught and the books that they put out and that you have to understand the feast yeah. in order to understand the return of the Lord. Don't, don't pick up the late great planet Earth and expect it, that you know what's going on. It might be a good starting point, but, yeah, I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't avoid it. How Lindsay's a good man, but I would avoid it just because it, it could set you on a bad path.
All right. And Keep it's time for Christmas music. I mean, we've been listening to Christmas right. music. Are yeah. you going to sing some Christmas Yeah, we're singing yeah. Christmas music Christmas. Saturday I mean, night. Oh, now is the time. Cool. Yep. Now is the time. Very cool. All right, Billy, thank you for coming in. Yes, sir. Thanks, Steve, for coming yep. in. I look forward to seeing you guys again next uh, uh, Tuesday here on Dave Ellswick Show. Hopefully we'll have uh, Scott here as well. Until then, you know, it's Christ's birth. Amen. That's a Amen. cool Amen. thing right. to think about. All right, here. On the Dave Ellswick Show. We talked about your money when we come back. I'll be back with you at 9 o'clock. And uh, let's talk, I'll tell you why I think the Republicans are going to have a great, great night on November 8th. We'll talk about that when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show at 9 o'clock. Then sings my Final hour, 9 o'clock until 10 o'clock here on the Dave Ellswick Show. want to talk uh, about uh, several different things. There's a lot of stuff that I've uh, pulled off and, and wanted to kind of touch on. We are one month away from election. Today is a Tuesday, and four weeks from today is election day. Now, here in Arkansas, you can start voting early on the 24th of uh, this month so uh, you have to make up your mind whether you want to go early or if you and and i kind of waffle on this sometimes i go early sometimes i'll wait until election day because there's something i find exciting about going to the poll on election day so uh, we'll see how i feel on the 24th or one day after that but anyway uh, it's not that far away it seemed like it was. It has taken a long time. It seems like it has taken forever uh, to get there, but we're getting there, and uh, this will be done. We'll know uh, in what's going to happen in January. Here's what I will tell you: If the Republicans do happen to take control of the House and the Senate, expect the Democrats to do as much damage as they can. Between November 8th and in January, uh, when uh, the new uh, legislators are sworn in, just know that that's something that you can uh, expect to uh, to occur. All right. So what has happened since uh, you were not 
we were not doing my show. All right, what happened? We talked about your money. All right, you heard all that good information. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard says that she's no longer a Democrat. No big surprise there. She's been kind of leaning that way for quite some time. Instead of me telling you what she said, well, here she is saying it herself. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who were driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country... And I invite you to join me. All right. She sounded kind of like a Republican. <laughs> I'm sorry, but did, she did. All right. Also, she's spoken out against the use of uh, puberty blockers for children and blasted the Biden administration for supporting the use of those those blockers. Now, if you, and this is uh, her again. Now, if you haven't heard about it or if you missed it, it's because the mainstream media and the Biden-Harris administration have been completely silent on it. And this warning that the FDA uh, issued was basically saying that puberty blockers can cause serious health risks for our kids. Now, this is back in July. Unfortunately, at almost the exact time the FDA issued this warning, the Biden-Harris administration officials were making public statements actively promoting the use of puberty blockers and irreversible surgeries uh, for kids. She also has taken aim at the vice president, saying that Harris had no business being next in line to the presidency because of how she has dealt with the crisis on the southern border. She said that Harris's statement that, quote, we have a secure border, you'll remember that just a few weeks ago, is further evidence that she's either completely disconnected from reality or she's blatantly lying. Either way, she has no business being a heartbeat away from the uh, presidency. So that's, uh, that's what Tulsi Gabbard's at. I, I wonder, look, she doesn't have a chance. If, if she switched over to the Republican Party, she does not have a chance of being elected in Hawaii. It's one of the most liberal states in the union. I mean, they're out there in the Pacific Ocean, surrounded by water, and I, I guess, uh, for the most part, uh, you know, logical thinking uh, can't get uh, across the uh, Uh, the beaches and into the people's brains over there. But uh, Tulsi Gabbard today saying that the Democratic Party 
is an elite elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness. And uh, went on uh, to, to say that uh, I, I just can't remain in this uh, party. Uh, they're driven by cowardly wokeness. We'll get into that a little bit more here in this hour. Uh, who divide us by radicalizing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality. She also said the Democrats had demonized police uh, to the benefit of criminals, promoted open borders, weaponized the national security agencies, and were pushing the U.S. towards a nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Her words, not mine. She's against puberty blockers. She's against all the surgery stuff that's going on, uh, being done on kids. Uh in the name of, uh, you know, the whole uh, transsexual changes that are going on and uh, blasted the vice president for not doing what she's supposed to be doing uh, on the border. I thought it was interesting. I was watching uh, uh, the video playing back from um, Meyer's show. Is it Seth Meyers? Is that the late night talk show? Uh, Heidi, is that who that is, Seth Meyers? Anyway, she was on his show. And uh, she was she was talking about how terrible the border was before she and Biden uh, were elected and how the Republicans wouldn't work with this. And uh, they didn't have they didn't have this. They didn't have that. She said that from the very beginning, they've had a way to work the border crisis. And that is nothing more than flat out lies. That's not that's not being disingenuous. You know, that's the 75-cent word for saying somebody, uh, you can't believe anything that they say because they're lying to you. Uh, those are just flat-out lies. Let's just call them for what they are. Saying the border is secure, you know, saying that they had a way to, to control the, the open border. This, this president has done nothing more than you know, thrown open the doors and said, come on in. We don't care, you know, who you are. We're not going to find out who you are. Um, we'll see you here in the, in the United States. And the hypocrisy of the Democrats in their sanctuary cities, of course, are on display for everybody uh, to see. And I, you know, before I went on vacation, I spent a couple of days in D.C. dealing with the whole thing about uh, the borders and, and why they're the way they are and had you hear from ranchers and they told you stories about what it's like to live on the border and try to carry on their businesses on the borders and you heard from sheriffs and you, you heard from everybody from all different directions on this issue and it's absolutely out of control again I mean when Bush came into office, it was out of control, and they started pulling it into control. Obama got in. He let it get out of control again uh, as well. Uh, 
I think that uh, you can not like uh, Trump all you want, but his policies on the border uh, got a lot of that uh, uh, controlled. We heard from the ranchers down there who said, uh, you know, they have hundreds of people now coming across their ranches. And during the time uh, that uh, Trump uh, was uh, president, it was uh, just a trickle that was coming across the border. So, um, you know, Democrats, you know, they, they, they try to gaslight you. What they, you know, really what they do is they try to say, don't believe what you see. Don't believe what you read. Don't believe uh, the, the videos that you're, you're seeing. Uh, those are all lies. It's all under control. You know it. I know it. I think the majority of people know it. That is a flat-out lie. It is not that way at all. All right, let's get our break in, and then uh, we'll come back and and talk further. I want to talk about uh, we're a month to go now into the midterm elections. What's going on with uh, President Biden Biden and his uh, approval ratings? Where are they at? They were climbing. They were going up. Where are they now? We'll talk about that as we continue. Don't forget about PI Roofing. The folks at PI Roofing want you to know, uh, you know, maybe it, it it should be PI Roofing, construction, windows, gutters, siding, and all the above. Uh, now, when you think about them, because they do it all. And I wanted to touch base again with you about uh, the construction side of this. Uh, today, when I get home, I'll be making my call to PI Roofing, get them out to uh, my house to look at my deck. Need some work done on it. Uh, it is weathered over the years. It's uh, about 12, 13 years old now. So uh, it's time to replace some boards and things of that nature. And I just don't want to re- replace it with normal lumber. I want to try that that kind of fake stuff that they talk about that's supposed to last for 20, 30 years. If it can last for 30 years, it'll last longer than I will probably. So with that in in mind, uh, I want to get them out and have them give me a quote for what's going to cost uh, to get it uh, to get it right. Because uh, Heidi, just so you'll know, for next year uh, in the summertime, I get my deck all fixed up. Uh, yeah, we get the pool; it's all it's all fixed up. It's ready to go. We get the decorations taken care of in the backyard. Going to have a big barbecue at the Ellswick Ranch, and uh, you'll be invited as well as everybody else here at the station. And it's something I used to do all the time. And uh, haven't in the last couple of years because I had surgery and some other things that had to be done. But we're going to get back to normal again next year. That's where I'm shooting for. I'm shooting for normal next year. And we'll see who we can get out there to come and eat some brats and eat some hamburgers and salads. And and then I'll talk to you about what we should fix for you so we make sure that we have things for you to eat as well. All right, let's take a quick break uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. PI Roofing, I'm going to call them and have them take care of my uh, my deck. You should, if you got any construction work you got to do at your house, you should call them as well. As well as they do on roofs, know they'll do just as well as far as construction is concerned. Call them at uh, 501-707-3115 or go online to piroofing.com. By the way, I I didn't mention when I had I was speaking about Harris and about 
her dismal performance on the uh, border. The other day, the president came out and said that he was going to let people out of prison on marijuana charges and and uh, when she was on Seth Meyer last night, she was just, oh, how is that fantastic? It's amazing because these people have been put behind jail, uh, behind bars, just because uh, they were using marijuana. Well, let me remind her, while she was the, uh, the, the number one law enforcement person in California, in California that she put 2,000 people in jail. For using marijuana. All right. The lady has no shame in how much she will lie. Just she has no shame uh, whatsoever. And for everybody who wants to say, oh, look at Trump, look at Trump. Look, it doesn't make it right either way. When I talk about Trump, what do I talk about? I talk about policies and what he did and how good they were working and what they were doing. I know that guy has problems, you know, holding on to the truth at times. But it's the policies that I'm worried about. And this woman lies all the time, and her policies suck as well. So how much further do you want me to go on that one? All right, so I, I asked you a question before we went to our break. And we got about six minutes here, so we'll, uh, we'll do this next segment in six minutes. With less than a month to go into the midterm elections, what do President Joe Biden's approval ratings tell us? Well, I'll tell you what they tell us. They're in the dumpster. It's a, in fact, it's a dumpster fire is, is what it is. A new poll shows just how bad things really are. Fewer than one in four people think America is going in the right direction. The uh, Ipso poll of uh, uh, people found that 63% think the U.S. is on the wrong track. You know what that tells me? It tells me you're feeling it in your pocketbook. You're feeling it when you go in and you fill up with gas. I mean, I went and filled up with gas yesterday at Sam's over North Little Rock, and I looked up at the price and went, wow, $3.18. Three dollars and eighteen cents, and then I thought a year ago it was a dollar and X amount of cents cheaper. You know, it wasn't I wasn't spending forty five bucks to fill up my tank, a whole lot less. I went to the store the other day. I bought five bags of groceries, five bags of groceries, and uh, I broke a hundred bucks easy. Inflation is killing us, and it's because of this president, and it's because of this Congress, and the Congress that's pushing all of this stuff is Democrats. They control, they control the House, they control the Senate, and they're the ones that are hurting us and hurting us badly. Keep that in mind. If You don't have to worry about it here in this state. We've got all, you know, Republicans in the House and the Senate. But for the life of me across this country, for the number of Democrats uh, that have been elected across this country, the people who will uh, throw their vote to them again 
after what they've done with this president. Everybody said, well, it was the president. No, the president set the precedent. The Congress put forth the necessary bills to make it happen and to loosen the money up that this president wanted. Biden's approval rating is less than 50% on every single one of the top 10 issues Americans most care about. The poll, all right, here's what they said. How uh, do people, what, what are their top issues? And these are the issues that the president is failing on. The economy is the number one issue. It has been the number one issue for a full year now, for Ipspo and, and for many, many other polls. It's the economy. You know, we can go back to when Clinton ran for president and just said to you what they said and Carville said and, and Stephanopoulos and all the rest of them. Dick Morris at that time. It's the economy, stupid. Crime or corruption, 9%. The end of national abortion rights, 8%. Those are your top three issues. The rest of them after uh, 8%, I'm not even going to read them to you, the top 10. But the president is under 50% on every one of those issues. As the president is perceived is usually how each of these candidates are going to proceed, uh, be perceived. And I personally feel not only will we win the House on the uh, Republican side and hopefully conservative side, but also win back uh, the Senate. Senate maybe by two seats, but that's a big two. That's a big number when you look at it right now. All right, let's take a break, get some news. Then when I come back, I got another couple of stories. The Democrats are really worried that the U.S. Supreme Court is going to make every state have uh, great gun rights. Back with you. uh, Just a moment. Get back to the the uh, stories that I wanted to talk to you about. How about this headline for you? CNN sounds the alarm. The Supreme Court of the United States may wipe out gun control nationwide. We'll take a look at that story when we uh, get back into talking about the stories. First of all, though, I want to talk to you about uh, David Lucas Financial and what they're doing for you. Inflation is a real problem. We're going to see what new CPI is, I think, Thursday. And the PPI should be coming out, if I'm not mistaken, Friday. And so uh, we'll find out what the consumer price index is and the producer price index is. And uh, I don't think that we're going to see any kind of significant uh, fall. Uh, It may climb some uh, on these next ones. And we've seen over the, the last two Uh, quarters of earnings and things of that nature that the uh, economy is in negative territory if we get into a we get to a third one and it's the same thing 
here's what I tell you you're going to see. You're going to see the Federal Reserve raise interest rates again. That's going to make your money worth less. It's going to, you're going to see less return on your 401k, on your uh, IRA, all of that. So how do you mitigate that? How do you, how do you cushion that sum? Well, the way that you do that is to, according to a lot of economists, a lot of people who deal in this stuff a lot more than I do, uh, but they tell you that it is your way uh, to protect your nest egg if you get into some precious metals, silver or gold. In fact, uh, the, the word out there now of the stories that I have been reading is 15% of your nest egg should be in precious metals. But how do you buy them? Yeah, I mean, when you're going out and getting precious metals, you are not uh, going out and getting uh, those metals uh, in the same way you buy a stock or a bond or, or whatever. Do you buy it in the real metal? Do you buy it in a, a certificate? I mean, there's a lot of different questions. And that's where David Lucas Financial comes in. They're going to teach you how to go about doing this. They're going to help you learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets. They uh, are going to teach you about buying silver and gold and how to do it in a way that will uh, benefit you. And uh, they work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country. So you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust. And why is that important? Well, they'll teach you that as well. You have to call them. Just uh, pick up your phone, get your cell phone, 501-222-3315, 501-222-3315, and know that they're going to be able to teach you uh, more about buying silver and gold. It's not a matter of if, it's when. 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. All right. I read you that headline. CNN sounds the alarm. The uh, Supreme Court of the United States may wipe out gun control nation. Wide, Got the story right here in front of me. So let's take a look at it. Tierney Sneed pointed to the June 23rd, 22 SCOTUS decision in uh, New York Braun, you know, versus Braun, noting that it not only struck down New York's proper cause requirement, but also set forward stringent rules for how lower courts must decide cases related to the Second Amendment. Now, remember, this ruling went like this. New York City uh, and New York State said, uh, okay, you want to have a gun? Show us why you need a gun. And you had to have a reason that they agreed with, and then they might let you have a gun. Back on July 1st, it was noted that SCOTUS remanded a number of cases, vacating the decisions and ordering them to be reconsidered in light of room. The cases centered on an assault weapon ban in Maryland, a high-capacity magazine ban in California, 
and carry restrictions in Hawaii, among other things. Roughly two weeks later, it was pointed out in the Washington Times, suggesting the Braun or Brune, whichever way you want to pronounce it, it's B-R-U-E-N, decision, puts all types of gun control in the crosshairs of gun rights groups. The Washington Times paraphrased Justice Clarence Thomas's emphasis on the important uh, of decisions like Brune, McDonald versus Chicago, District of Columbia versus Heller, saying, quote, the test courts must apply is whether a firearms restriction would have served reasonable or, or seemed reasonable to the founding generation that crafted and ratified the Second Amendment. If not, the law must give way to the Constitution. In light of this framework for uh, testing restrictions, CNN is now warning that gun control in every state is in jeopardy. Here's what they had to say. Since the June ruling, federal judges in at least a half dozen different cases have already cited this particular decision, that's the Bruin, B-R-U-E-N, decision to rule against gun restrictions that have included local assault weapons bans, prohibition on the manufacture of homemade firearms, and bans on older teenagers publicly carrying handguns. Several other laws now face new legal challenges under the precedent, among them zoning restrictions barring shooting ranges, licensing and training laws, and the federal ban on certain misdemeanor offenders from possessing firearms. CNN noted changes that have already occurred in jurisprudence in light of the uh, decision. A federal district judge cited the ruling last month when halting Delaware restrictions on possessing and manufacturing untraceable firearms, saying that the law's defenders failed to provide persuasive evidence that similar restrictions existed in the historical record. The precedent was also referenced when local assault weapon ban in uh, two Colorado jurisdictions were put on hold this summer. The judges in both cases were each appointed by Democrat presidents. CNN also noted the decision handed down on Thursday of last week to pause new gun controls New York enacted in response to Bruin. Breitbart News indicated the New York controls were paused as uh, a temporary restraining order issued by U.S. Judge Glenn T. Uh, Sedeby. He's the one who who did it. So uh, these are uh, important decisions that are being made, and uh, it could be uh, that... uh, that CNN is on to something here. The Supreme Court has ruled. Now you have to view all of these different laws under that decision. And with that in mind, they're finding out that uh, it's causing them uh, some serious problems. 
So uh, we're going to keep our eye on that and see if it if it keeps going that way. And uh, I'm liking what I'm hearing. Uh, East End Towing wants you to know that they're ready to help you whenever you find yourself in a situation where you need a tow. I mean, uh, look, if it's just your car, that's no big deal. But if it's your car and you happen to be towing uh, your boat or you're to- towing a, a truck, uh, that can change things. Or perhaps you're driving a truck and you need a tow. That changes things as well. You need a big tow truck if you're going to do a big truck out there, an 18-wheeler. But East End Towing has an answer on all of those things, and they can help you out in whatever the situation uh, you find yourself in. They can handle it. They've got all the answers. All you have to do is call them. Call East End Towing, 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. Let's finish it up for a Tuesday. Uh, Tomorrow, let me remind you that we'll hear from Congressman Hill and Congressman Westerman, plus a documentary on Dr. Fauci. We'll talk about that in the 9 o'clock hour. And how much money did he make off the pandemic? You might be really surprised. At that, probably not, but you might be surprised. But we'll have the uh, director of that particular uh, piece of uh, video work on with us tomorrow, nine o'clock. Don't forget again, Blanco, the popular political cartoonist, on with us at nine o'clock on Friday, and you won't want to miss him when he joins me here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's finish it up. Big article today. Trans women find out if they can skip military draft under the Biden administration. You know, it's the Democrats that are having a hard time figuring out what a woman is. Even their Supreme Court nominee couldn't give a straight answer on that. You remember what her answer was? I'm not a biologist. Yeah, I remember it. Identify as a female is not going to get biological males out of registering for the military draft. So evidently, suddenly, they've come to their senses and they know what a woman is and what a man is, even under the pro-trans Biden administration. The selective service policy requires all males between the ages of 18 and 25 to register and explicitly includes trans women. Now, how can you do that? I mean, trans woman's a woman, right? I mean, trans woman is a man who thinks he's a woman can get pregnant. Don't they tell us that? Isn't that what they say? Well, they come to their senses here knowing that Uh, They're having problems meeting their recruiting requirements and things of that nature. So bottom line, they're saying, well, look, uh, if you're identifying as a female, that's that's not going to get you because out of uh, being registering for the draft because you're still a biological male. The policy predates the Biden administration, but it has not changed. That according to the American Military News, uh, U.S. citizens or immigrants who are born male and have changed their gender to female must register, it states. In another twist, 
Biological females who identify as males are not required to register. The uh, policy revealed after the Selective Services official Twitter account posted a public service announcement reminding people to register. Here's what it said. Trans women, also known as men, will be forced to sign up for the draft. Another person made that statement and said, looks like Joe Biden has just officially confirmed what a woman is and what a woman isn't. Parents of your son is only is an only son and the last male in your family to carry the family name. He is still required to register with Selective Service. The announcement urged directing people to the registration site. Twitter users mocked the announcement saying their sons will avoid that requirement by embracing the transgender craze. My son's a girl now, so we good, one wrote. For the purpose of SSS, my son will identify as a girl starting with his 18th birthday, checkmate fascist, tweeted another. That promoted American military news to determine the current status of the registration policy. The Biden administration last year expressed support, including women in the draft, even as the House and Senate Armed Services Committee struck a provision that would have done so from the National Defense Authorization Act. Our military has welcomed women for decades and is stronger for it, said Senator Tom Cotton, who was a first lieutenant in the U.S. Army, saw action in Iraq and Afghanistan while of active duty from 05 to 09, but America's daughters should never be drafted against their will. Last month, U.S. Army Major Jamie Lee Henry, the Army's highest-ranking trans woman, was indicted by a federal grand jury for allegedly trying to leak medical information on U.S. military members to the Russian government. As a doctor at Fort Bragg, Jamie Lee Henry, who identifies as a transgender woman, had a secret security clearance and used the access to try to help Russia, according to uh, the indictment. wanted to bring that up as, as well. So, again, if you identify as a woman, but you're a biological male, you still have to register for the draft. Keep that in mind. If you're a woman... And you're trans, and you're saying that you're a male. No, biologically, the Army says you are still a woman, and you can't register for the draft. So that's the way it works right right now. That's the way it works. Don't get me wrong. They could change it. But right now, that's the way the the cookie is crumbling, so to speak. So keep that in mind. All right, let me remind you about tomorrow. Tomorrow in the uh, 6 o'clock hour, we'll be going over all the news that happened today uh, that uh, happens this afternoon. Uh, We'll be looking at it and seeing what is important. And then we'll also uh, be looking uh, at 7 o'clock to talk with uh, Congressman Hill, Congressman Westerman about uh, the upcoming elections and uh, 
you know, things dealing with the economy, uh, the CPI that will be coming up on Thursday, the PPI, uh, what they're thinking as far as the Federal Reserve. Are we going to see another three quarters of a point added to the, uh, you know, our mortgage rates and interest rates uh, here in America? Got a big, uh, got, got some big decisions coming up. Uh, also, talk, I want to talk a little bit about Social Security because they're going to say how much they're going to cost of living is going to move up for it uh, next year. And right now, it's looking like it's going to be very close to being one of the biggest raises ever for people who are on Social Security nine uh, percent. That's what it's looking. I mean, that, that's pretty doggone uh, interesting uh, if you get like uh, three, $4,000 a year, uh, uh, a month, uh, and uh, you get a, a 9 or 10% raise. That's significant for your Social Security. So we'll look at that as well. So all that's coming your way. Tomorrow, you won't want to miss any of it. Not a moment. Don't want to miss any of it. Want to be here for it. You definitely want to be here at 7 o'clock, at least, for Hill and for Westerman and what uh, they have to uh, talk about at that time. So what did we find out this last hour? That if the president is underwater significantly on all 10 issues uh, that Americans are finding very, very important to them. Inflation, you know, abortion rights even. Uh, dealing with uh, crime and corruption, all of that. He's underwater. And what will that mean four weeks from today? Well, we'll have to wait and find out. I mean, it's kind of like Christmas time. you got to wait till you can open up the pas- packages to see what you're going to get. Uh, I predict there will be a large group of new Republicans in the House... And I do believe that the Republicans are going to get enough seats that they'll have control of the Senate. But only time's going to tell. And will there be yet another October surprise that happens? It's hard to do it when it's all about congressmen and senators. A little bit easier when it's just like the presidency. With that all said... I'll bid you adieu. Have a great afternoon. I'll talk to you tomorrow here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.